From Vestavia Hills City Schools, this is The Intentional Pursuit. Hi, everybody. I'm Whit McGee. And I'm Brooke Wentworth. Well, we're back for our second year of our podcast. Brooke, can you believe it? I can't believe it's been two years. (laughs) That first year flew by pretty quick. Uh, And it's just been great to have this as a a vehicle to communicate with our families, with our community in Vestavia Hills, and, and just the world in general as well, to talk about some of the great things going on behind the scenes in our schools. That's right. It's a great opportunity for our community and even all of the stakeholders in our communities um, and in our school system to hear what's going on and what our teachers and administrators and students are involved with. So I think that here starting out our second year, I want to take a moment just to reintroduce what we do here on the podcast. And really everything in Vestavia Hill City Schools starts with our mission, which is to ensure that each student learns without limits by pursuing knowledge and igniting curiosity about the world through a system distinguished by a safe and nurturing environment, the courage to be creative, unparalleled community support, appreciation of diversity, and multiple paths to a bold future. And we really, Brooke, you and I, we, we had that in mind when we started out creating this. And, and I remember we spent a long time brainstorming, you know, what, what do we need to call this thing? We got to give it a title. Yes. And um, what we landed on is one of the beliefs that goes along with the mission of the school system. There's a whole list of beliefs. You can find all these on our website. But one of the beliefs was succeeding is an intentional pursuit. Um, and this is something that the community came behind us and said, we really believe this, that, that you know, uh, nothing that we do over the history, the 50 plus year history of this school system, none of it has just happened by accident. It's all been a very intentional pursuit of success and we're never done with that. And we're actually gonna go into a little bit of that today with our guest, uh, but just wanted to, to take a moment to, to lay that out if you're wondering why we call it this and what exactly we're focused on as we do this podcast. That's right, and today we're taking a look at what's been going on with teaching and learning in our schools over the past several months. So here to discuss this with us is Dr. Amy Rainey, our Assistant Superintendent of Teaching and Learning. Welcome, Dr. Rainey. Hello, it's nice to be here today. Well, we're so excited to have you on. And um, for our uh, folks listening who did not get a chance to see this, you actually gave a great presentation to the community back in November, at the right after Thanksgiving, uh, that, that went into a number of these things. And we wanted to spend some time just talking about the high points of that presentation of just everything that's been going on uh, within teaching and learning in our schools. And it's been a busy year, busy couple of years for everybody with in, on your team and throughout the school system. Absolutely. I mean, we've had the struggles of COVID as everyone, you know, has, but we have not let that stop the great work that we're doing here in our school system. So um, our teachers, our administrators, our students, our families, we have pressed forward to make sure that we are continuing to press towards the goal that we have for teaching and learning. And that goal is to ensure that students learn and demonstrate a profound understanding of knowledge and skills consistent with the expectations of teachers, parents, and the community, and to ensure that students find value and meaning, and that, that's really critical, value and meaning in the work provided to them. And thank you for really mentioning and reminding us of goal number one, which really is our, I would say, a huge pathway for us as we design um, our curriculum. 
So in your presentation, you discussed some of the acceleration and enrichment activities throughout the school system, such as the STEM lab at um, Vestavia Hills Elementary Liberty Park, Project Lead the Way courses. So I would love for you to talk with us today about some of those opportunities that students have and even some of our new CTE and dual enrollment courses at the high school. Absolutely. Um, I'm really excited to talk about some of the new things that we have. Um, our school district is known and we just have a reputation for excellence and being able to offer things to our students and, and we have some new things and one of those is the STEM lab at Vestavia Hills Elementary Liberty Park. We are piloting uh, an extra special, if you will, our elementary students. They have specials that in music and art and, and different things and this year we've launched a STEM lab at Liberty Park Elementary. And with the STEM lab, students are able to come in and do hands-on activities with science and math, and it just really brings to life the things that they're learning in the classroom. And it's been a great success this year, and we're excited to hopefully be able to put that um, in our other elementary schools moving forward. Another thing that uh, we are excited about is what we're doing with Project Lead the Way. So in our middle schools, we have um, some courses that we offer. Um, some examples are app creators or computer science for innovators and makers. And um, we have uh, robotics teams at our middle schools, really hoping to give students experience and give them uh, the opportunity to really explore some things that are of interest to them that may help them determine where they want to go, you know, as far as career pathways. And then when we think about, um, you know, all of this is connected. What we do at the elementary, middle, and high school, it's all connected so that students can if they find an interest in that area when they leave elementary school and get to the middle school they can explore more and then in the high school we really expanded our opportunities with our career and technical education as well as our dual enrollment courses when we were probably growing up in the you know and went to high school probably in the 90s most of us when we thought about career and technical education we probably thought about home ec or shop Right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not career tech it, it, now. Mm -hmm. So when we think about um, the career and technical education, we have... Um, we have offerings for students who maybe are interested when they go to college for degrees in the areas of accounting, architecture, business, computer science, culinary, engineering, finance, information technology, the medical fields, all of that is just to name a few. And so we want to give our high school students an opportunity to take some of those classes to see if that's truly what they're interested in before they get to college and have to declare a major. Well, I have to share with you, um, I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to go speak to students in an entrepreneurship class that was within career and technical education at the high school. These uh, uh, students were getting ready to do their, their business pitch, and they the, both teams in the class had amazing, innovative ideas, and so they wanted me to come in and give them some pointers on public speaking as they get ready to talk to some business executives about what their idea is. It is just so fascinating to see how engaged students are in these programs, and that there's, it feels to me like there's something for everyone. 
that's Absolutely. there. That's our goal. We, we know that um, our students are very different and they have different interests and we want to be able to meet every individual need. Um, and, you know, when they take these, these CTE courses, these career and technical education courses, they, if they follow the pathway, it can culminate in either a paid or a non-paid work experience. And so we also, it's very important to us to have a close relationship with our businesses here in our city. And so, um, so that we can provide students an opportunity, not only just to take the class, but as you said, either have business leaders come into our high school and work with our students or have our students go out into the local businesses. One thing, shifting gears a bit that, that I think is, is important, something that's been top of mind, gosh, throughout our nation over the last uh, couple of years in particular is just uh, overall wellness, well-being, mental health, um, all of that. And, and we see um, just tremendous opportunity in the schools to provide support to each and every student in unique ways, academically, personally, um, just just overall in, in, in all areas. And so I'd love to hear some of what's been going on in that area, some of what you shared uh, back in November and, and uh, just other reflections on everything that's been taking place. When we think about student support, again, the, the academic support, we provide that through um, our SST, our student support teams at each school meet, and they look at student academic needs. And so if we have a student that is um, struggling or that our teachers may feel like they need a little additional something um, to make sure that they are on track and are successful and understand the academic concepts that they're learning, we have a team at each school that's made up of teachers, counselors, administrators, and that's what we call our student support team. And we come, we look as a group. Really, they really study the student to see what their needs are academically. And sometimes we realize that they, there may be an academic problem, but the root of the problem may be more of a social emotional problem. And so that's why we have counselors on those teams as well, because we want to make sure that we're supporting our students in, in all ways. Um, with our some of the supports that we provide in our in the areas of social and emotional support is our counselors. We also have partnerships with Impact Family Counseling here in our city. They either come into our school or sometimes we may refer students to them. So it's very important to us that we are not just looking at students' academic needs, and absolutely we're looking at their academic needs, but we also know how important it is to make sure that their social, emotional, that their mental health needs are being met as well. And I know there's been a focus on professional learning in this area as well with some mental health and student wellness. Could you speak a little bit about um, some of the professional learning opportunities that we've provided over the last, let's say, semester. Yes, so some of the things that we've provided over this past semester is our director of student services, as well as our social worker here in Vestavia Hill City Schools, they have gone in and provided training for the staff at each one of our schools to make sure that they feel not only supported, but equipped to help identify and support students who may be 
um, dealing with uh, mental health issues and also to provide them with resources so they know what to recommend or they know the right person to contact to help if it's outside of what you know the teacher's role is in supporting a student. And one of the things that um, they share with each one of the school teams when they go in, it's a quote by Dr. Brene Brown. And it really, it sets the foundation for what we believe. And it's, you know, what we are ethically called to do is create a safe space in our schools and classrooms where all students can walk in and for that day or hour, take off the crushing weight of their armor, hang it on a rack, and open their heart to truly be seen. And that quote, that idea, is really the foundation that they are trying to establish when they go in to provide that professional development to make sure that our students um, have what they need and also to make sure that our teachers are not only getting the support they need, but also provide them with the resources to share with their students and families. And I think this would be a good time to mention, Dr. Rainey, our very first episode. I think it was our first episode uh, with uh, uh, Jennifer Bailey and Anna Gasson, both of whom are are working uh, heavily in student services and specifically on these things that you just articulated. So uh, they shared some, some things that parents need to know about what they're seeing in the schools and what parents and families can do to provide that continuous support at home and then, you know, ensuring that that students are set up for success when they go to school. So you can find that um, if you're listening to us right now, whatever app you're using, uh, just go back to episode one. Yeah, they shared some great resources and just really some of the things that they've been doing within the schools to help with this. Well, one thing that is... I think an important piece for a lot of families and certainly for us to measure how we're doing are things just like test score results, ACT, uh, advanced placement. Um, it's It's been amazing just to see students really leaning into that. So I'd love to hear just what, what those scores are looking like, maybe some takeaways that you have from what you're seeing in those reports. Our AP scores for 2020-2021 were just outstanding. We had 621 students take 1,460 exams, a lot of exams. Good gracious. 446 students scored a three or higher. And that's just absolutely amazing. I'm so proud of our students and our teachers for working so hard to prepare them to be able to score so well. That is 71.82% of our students taking AP classes that scored three or higher. Remarkable. So that's more than two out of every three students at Vestavia Hills High School that are doing college-level coursework and passing it, being successful in it before they've graduated high school. Absolutely. It's one thing for um, school districts to say they offer all these AP classes, and that's great. But that's not the true measure. You know, what you offer is not the true measure. How your students perform, that's the true measure. And our students have really just demonstrated um, just amazing scores and we're just so proud of them and again um, our teachers for preparing them so well and our students for um, really applying what they've learned and scoring so well on these AP exams. Thoughts on uh, ACT composite scores? I remember seeing in your presentation just like a a bar graph that uh, you you could kind of see sort of the bell curve of, of scores but that looked pretty good too. 
Yes, absolutely. So I shared the ACT, uh, the state report that we received from our 11th graders, and I'm not sure exactly how many students we had in 11th grade last year, but it was around 500. We have close to 500 students, maybe a little more, a little less in each one of our grade levels in high school. And so when we think about that, uh, we had 205 students score a 25 or above on the ACT, and we had 68 students score 30 or above wow. out of a class of 500. So that is well over half of the class <laughs> that scored a 25 or higher on the ACT as 11th graders. Um, well, as we wrap up today, I would love to talk about what's coming up. And so there's some exciting opportunities that you talked about that would be coming in the future, such as possible instructional partners, um, a goal of maybe adding more counselors, um, more specials for STEM and world languages in the elementary level. So I would just want you to expand on that and tell us a little bit more about those exciting opportunities for the future. So um, yes, we have some exciting possibilities. When we think about what we've done over the last few years, we really changed how we've provided our gifted instruction to middle school students. We have so many students who qualify for gifted services in elementary school, and we just felt like, and especially not, not only did we feel like when we went through several processes that school systems go through when we went through the accreditation process when we went through state monitoring we really received feedback that helped us to um, redesign how we're offering um, services to our middle school students and so we um, worked with a, t a team of teachers and administrators from the two middle schools to offer advanced courses now in every core content area at the middle school and so that leading into as we've already discussed the um, expansion of our dual enrollment, our career and technical opportunities, um, the AP courses that we offer. We just think, uh, you know, and, and we've been brainstorming with so many individuals in our community, not only groups of teachers and administrators, but also business leaders and other people in our community. Um, I would say probably a couple of hundred people that have been involved in brainstorming where do we go next what else can we offer to our students to help prepare them and meet their individual needs and talents and what is it that we could do maybe that that would really help take what we're currently doing and make it even better and so some of those things are we would like to add additional counselors in our district, um, when we think about um, counselors, we would like to have one counselor to 250 students. Well, we just continue to see the increase with students with anxiety and in other issues that really prevent them from engaging to their full potential academically. And we wanna make sure that we are have every support in place to provide them with the opportunity to be able to do that. So we want to provide more counselors. Then we would also like to add additional specials to all the elementary schools, not only in STEM, but also in world languages. And when we think about um, a special for world languages in elementary, it would not be like a Spanish class or a French class. This world language special would be an opportunity for students to come in kindergarten through fifth grade and 
whatever is developmentally appropriate for that age group to explore and experiment and learn about different cultures, different languages, maybe games that children play in other countries that are their same age, as well as thinking about not only the languages that we offer at the high school, but thinking about maybe Latin and studying some of the root words in Latin to really help prepare them to do well when they get to middle school and have advanced course options or when they get to high school and they're taking these AP classes and taking AP exams. We're doing very, very well, but we just think that that also would help prepare them even better um, whenever they get to middle and high school. Another thing that um, we would really like to see in the future is an instructional partner for every school and an instructional partner that they could help us with our professional development and supporting the work of our professional learning communities. So in Vestavia, we're very thankful that we have the opportunity during the school day for teachers to meet in professional learning communities. And yes, it's so powerful to have that time. Absolutely, because it um, that really allows teachers, it's, it's the vehicle, if you will, to support student learning by giving teachers that opportunity during the school day to meet as professionals, to look at the student data and design lessons together and really um, give them that opportunity to collectively meet with their peers to have discussions that improve our practice, which in turn helps us to meet students' needs even better. And so the instructional partners could help with that, lead that process. And also they could provide um, coaching cycles and action research that really could help us inform and um, better our practices. Also, they could share strategies, resources, research with our teachers, and then they would partner with the school administrators to review the school data and design actions that could enhance learning and also help close gaps when we see those. It's great to hear um, just a reflection on uh, so many of these things that have been the big accomplishments in teaching and learning um, over the past couple of years. And it is so exciting to hear about just some of what's coming down the line. And it, I think um, this is a great way to kick off our second year of our podcast, that when we talk about succeeding as an intentional pursuit, you just see all of this evidence here that uh, we recognize from Dr. Rainey, your office on down to the classroom level, that we've got to lean into continuous improvement, continuously developing new opportunities for students and um, changing what we do to meet the needs of today's student. And it's, uh, Brooke, I know as, as somebody that you spend most of your time out in the schools, it's got to be really encouraging to see that. Yes, as director of curriculum instruction, these new opportunities are very exciting to me because I think putting those things into place, that's what will take us to the next level. It's like you said, it's continuing to be intentional about moving and um, offering more opportunities for our students and our teachers. So we'll definitely have to have you back in the future as these opportunities, you know, actually happen to hear about those. And I think that'll be exciting for us too. That's right. And we'll be featuring some of these uh, in the coming year on our podcast as well. So stay tuned in. Dr. Amy Rainey, thank you for joining us today. You're very welcome. And thank you for listening to The Intentional Pursuit.